Hey, Money Multipliers. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and today we're going to get into the world of money mindset. So I'm going to ask you, do your dollars make sense? I know we have read some books out there. The big ones that I'm thinking of is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or the book Think and Grow Rich. So, and you'll kind of notice some of the similarities about the money mindset, the habits that are talked about within these books. So I want to dive in a little deeper into money mindset and then to go deeper and kind of why I'm doing this too is talking about policy loans because I think some folks need to change their mindset and how they view their policy loans. But before we get into it, um, last night, actually, y'all, you came out. That was cool. So Chris and I, we hosted a virtual live event. Uh, we're calling it Make Making Banking Great Again. And there was over 300 people on that webinar last night. So that was really cool. Thanks for coming out. So y'all, these are free events that we're doing monthly. And then also come join me, Raleigh, North Carolina, August 4th and 5th. Chris and I are putting on a live event called The Money Tank. And so it's a two-day in-depth course all about money, y'all. Because at the end of the day, money is nothing more than just a tool and a resource. And that's what we do. We just exchange it for the products, goods, and services in life. So we're going to start talking about having that money abundance mindset here in today's show. So we'll even get in deeper into that in the master mastermind coming up uh, August 4th and 5th in Raleigh, North Carolina. As always, check the show notes down below. It'll send you the links. And uh, here's my bonus today. If y'all send me an email, I'll send you a free copy of our book, Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery, written by my father, Brent Kessler and Chris Noggle. Send me an email. My email's down below in the show notes. And I'll send you over a free copy of the book. All right, well, let's get into it. So I want to share a story. I wasn't personally there. It was mom and pops. So we go to the Lake of the Ozarks a lot. Um, I grew up in the Kansas City area. And so Lake of the Ozarks is right in between uh, Kansas City and St. Louis. And so it's a fun place that folks will go during the summertime just to hang out and be for the time being. You know, you got your boats, the wave runners. Uh, there's even a place out there called Party Cove and folks link up all their boats and they're just partying and uh, swimming in the water and whatnot, listening to loud music. So it's a lot of fun. I like going to the lake. But how we get to the lake is we take the airplane. So we fly from Florida and we go to Camdenton, Camdenton, Missouri. And when mom and dad arrived in Camdenton one of these times, they met a lineman that was there, right? So the lineman that was filling up the planes with the gas and the fuel. And so this lineman, he was older, you know, he was about in his 60s, maybe early 70s. And, you know, mom and dad, they got to chatting with him and comes to find out, you know, he is there gassing up the planes because he has to for survival. So he opened up. So he he's had a very stable government job, had a pension, um, was very successful in, in that corporate world 
can you call government jobs corporate? I guess you can, right? I don't know. Someone educate me. So, so um, he was very successful. And what he did is he went down to his corner bank, okay, just a local bank in his hometown. He went down to the corner bank and he met a guy who was sitting in one of the cubicle office desks. And this guy said, hey, hand your money over to me. I will help you manage it. I will help you invest with it. So what this gentleman did is he handed over his money, his hard-earned dollars to this guy that he barely knows. Maybe he talks to him three times, not even that much a year. He hands him over his cash and come to find out 20 years later, he gets a call. The guy, the corner bank man calls him up and he says, hey, I got to tell you something. There's just no more money here. There's no more money. We lost in the market. We lost in that pension that you have. And there's just no more money here. And the guy's like, what do you mean? What do you mean there's no more money there? I gave you that money so that you can help me manage it and grow it. He says, well, I'm sorry. I just can't control the markets. I can't control what they do. So now this guy is working at this airfield, this FBO, not because he wants to, but but because he has to for the survival and just to put food on the table and the roof over his head. So y'all, that is why I get so maybe mean about it. Maybe, maybe not mean, direct is, is maybe a better word when I'm talking to y'all about what you're doing with your dollars. Actually, I'll tell you this. There was actually a phone call that I was on earlier this week and he's in his 60s and he was talking to me. Actually, his friend is a member. His friend owns two policies. He puts a lot of dollars into his policies each year as premium. And he was talking about how he's like, Hannah, I just don't see how this is going to work. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And I said, okay, Jared, Jared's not his name, but okay, Jared, well, what are you spending your dollars on right now? Well, I'm recently divorced, so I'm paying that alimony out. And, you know, I moved out. I'm an empty nester. I don't have any children. I go out to eat every single night, probably even multiple times a day. And so right now, I really am living paycheck to paycheck just because, honestly, Hannah, I don't know how to cook for myself. So y'all, even that gentleman right there, he's saying, hey, Hannah, I just can't do this. No, it's not that you can't do this. Your mindset is just geared in thinking that you can't because that's just what you're accustomed to thinking. Your habits are telling you that you can't and you got to start changing those habits or stay where you're at. I really don't care. Honestly, nobody's going to care more about your financial life than what you do. So you can decide whether you want to pick up and move and go with it, or you can stay where you're at doing what you're doing. The choice is yours. I'm giving you the tools and the resources, but you can only lead the horse to water. You can't make a drink. So 
I think that was a perfect segue <laughs> to my first topic where, where I want to talk about you, that you need to really start taking the ownership. You need to start taking the ownership for the success in your life and then also the failures in your life. We can't keep blaming it on everybody else because nobody's in control of us, our actions, our words, our thoughts, but ourselves. So we got to start taking the ownership, the responsibilities, and not just even about money and currency just any avenue of your life, whether it be your personal relationships, your business relationships, your health. So you need to take that principle and really start taking the ownership or you're going to live. And maybe this might be a strong word in today's day and age, but you're going to have that victim mentality for the rest of your life. And it's not going to be a very fun and pleasurable life. So I just want to leave that with y'all. And I want to lead with that today. So With the taking ownership, it comes with having those desires, right? I mean, if I'm taking ownership that, hey, I hate my car, it squeaks, it is really shitty on gas mileage, I hate it. Well, I'm going to take that ownership of it and say, all right, Hannah, well, you're in control. You can go find yourself a new car if you choose. So I'm going to take that ownership and turn it into a desire and a drive to want to go do better, to go and get that better car so that I'm not irritated by the squeaking or the gas mileage that I'm getting. Okay, so same thing with the financial life too. You got to have that desire and that drive to want to go and do better and be better. And again, that's totally okay if that's not you. I'll be real. I got an uncle, Uncle Tug. He is totally happy. He's a botanist. He lives in uh, Alabama. He lives on a sailboat when he's not living in Alabama. Him and his uh, wife, my Aunt Jen, They're totally happy and totally fine doing what they're doing and just living that teacher's salary and then taking it it and going and living out on the water for the time being. That's okay. That's their lifestyle choice. There's lifestyle choices and there's financial choices. And really the choice is yours of what's important to you and how you want to lead your life. I can tell you for myself, this is just me and what I want to do. I'm telling myself by the time I'm 30, I'm going to have my own private jet. And I'm hiring my brother to be my pilot. He knows that. He doesn't like it. You know what he says, actually? He says, um, he goes, he goes, oh my gosh, I already have to tell people I work for my dad. Now I got to tell people I work for my sister. <laughs> So yeah, Zach, I'm going to hire you. I pay you really good, okay? And we can even go out. We can party together. And we'll save. We'll save on hotel rooms because we can uh, board together. (laughs) So we got to start taking those desires and turning it into that drive and making it into a reality. Now, I think another thing to talk on too is about the imagination. Imagination is really the workshop of the mind that keeps us building and expanding. So I think imagination really gives us human beings the unique ability to shape ideas and form the actions to then lead to that desire. Um, I also personally believe in manifestation. I genuinely believe that what we think we can turn into a reality. And that's why I believe even in vision boards, you know, and I know maybe some of y'all think that that's total bullcrap and buku and witchcraft. (laughs) 
but I do. I really do believe that we have the power. I personally, this is just my personal belief. I feel like we are not, we are spiritual beings living this human experience. We're not just human beings living a spiritual experience. I really think that we are just an energetic form and force. And all we're doing is that this human body that I'm in right now is really just carrying me around and living this human lifetime just within this vessel, you know, and then after this vessel graduates, my energetic body is going to go elsewhere. So that's just my personal, and I'm sorry to get uh, kind of religious on y'all. You know, dad always tells me to not talk about these topics, right? Because I'm bound to piss off somebody. But to be honest with you, that's just kind of where I'm at. And I believe that this imagination that comes from the stirrup of the energetic process within our brain, it really can create these desires and action steps to want to go out. So even in Nelson Nash's book, y'all, he dedicates a whole chapter to imagination. You got to have that creativity and that imagination there. That really is what separates you from the masses and the followers that are out there. Then from imagination, you got to have the knowledge too. I also do believe that there's kind of two sets of knowledges out there. You know, there's the specialized knowledge and then there's the general generalized knowledge. I really think that the, the generalized knowledge is things that were taught in traditional schools, the tra- traditional teachings, the conformed way of living, um, the traditional school of thought. So... You know, traditional knowledge is great to know, I think. What do I know? I'm 23 years old. (laughs) But just my experience up to this point, I also think it's specialized knowledge. And I'll tell you why. I mean, I dropped out of college. I almost even dropped out of high school. If it wasn't for me being able to graduate early, I don't even think I would have finished. And it's not because I'm dumb or or didn't want to do the work. I, honestly, cause I, I mean, I was one of those students where I didn't even have to study and I got straight A's. I passed all my classes, passed all the tests, didn't study, didn't do any homework I would do it the morning of. And I think I was just there and I think I was just bored. I was just like, okay, this stuff is cool and all, but like, when am I ever going to use this? I, I I just don't see a need to know why Y equals MX plus B. Why do I need to know that stuff, right? If I'm not going to be going into that specific field, I, I just think it's things that we simply just don't need right now. I'll tell you right now, I've never used that. Is it, is it the slope? Is that how you calculate the slope even? I think that's what it is. So, so I, I, what I'm saying is, is that we got to go out there and we got to go seek the knowledge. And when we go out there and we seek the knowledge, it is finding ourselves the personal experiences, the mentors and the observations of the folks who live the life that we wish to obtain, right? So I'm not going to go follow Billy Bob over there who's working at Cracker Barrel and living in his apartment and driving his 2006 Civic Conda. Maybe that's, he's happy doing that. I'm not knocking him down, but that's not the life that I personally see myself and want to live for myself. So I'm going to go find myself these 
unattainable almost people that I'm following. I'll tell you actually one of my biggest like icons right now, Elena Cardone. She's not listening to this, but if you are listening to this, I love you. (laughs) So no, I just, I really like her. I like her mentality. I think she's a powerful, powerful woman. I think she has amazing ideas. She's very structured and sound. And I think she has wonderful family core values. And that is the type of woman that I just perceive myself or want to see myself evolve into one day. And so those are the people and the mentors that I want to follow and really get on and and get inside of their mind, see what's going on so that I can take action with what they are letting out to us and the information they're telling us. Now I'll say this too. I think it's very important to go out and do it. Don't just say it, go and do it. I think there's a very big play here when you see things firsthand, firsthand experiences, the the real life world experiences. And I tell you all this too, stop listening to all the negative folks out there, the naysayers, the people who are talking crap on social media. You know, sometimes you got to fire your friends and your family members because they are the biggest ones that are holding you back. So go out there and really start carving your own path and it's okay to be different, all right? If you're gonna go carve your own path, you're gonna be different. So just accept that fate and the reality right now, but just stay true to who you are. Stay true to your gut, your intuition, because I'm telling you right now, that intuition is very powerful, very strong, and your gut is always telling you what's right and what's wrong. You know what you're capable of and now you just need to start believing it. Don't let other people fill up that cup for you. You start to go out there and fill up your own cup. So now that we kind of have the backbone of the mentality, the thinking, the desire, and the drive to want to go out there and do it, now we have the confidence too. okay, because I believe in you. Even if you don't believe in yourself, I believe in you. You just call me up, y'all. Call me up, girlfriend, boyfriend, you're sitting here. Boys and girls, call me up. I mean, let me be the one that holds you accountable or if you just want to talk strategies or talk something through. So now is really a time to A, start building the plan and then B, building that community behind you. So when I'm talking about building the plan, it's time to now to start to go out and set that as a reality. Now, I'm not going to get into really how to build plans. I think there's a lot of books out there. Um, Who Not How, Dan Sullivan. That's a great book I would go read uh, to go out and start building these plans for yourself. But I want you to listen to yourself. I want you to do the work. I want you to study. And I also want you to find yourself a mentor, someone who's doing what you want to do and go follow and see exactly what they're doing and now start implementing it. And not everybody's got to know what you're doing all the time. All right. You don't got to keep up with everybody on social media. It's okay to remain private and keep things to yourself and internal from time to time. So just go out there and really act in silence. Okay. See what you're doing, get your ground in. And then absolutely. I mean, it's totally okay to share things to the public, to the world, but do it because you want to do it. Don't just do it because you're trying to impress somebody else. So I also, I guess, want to talk about procrastination too. I read this 
in a book somewhere. I kind of forgot where. But, but they said, procrastination and indecisiveness are major causes of failures. And it went into how they studied a lot of very successful entrepreneurs and they act quickly. And now that I honestly think of it, I, I say this a lot and I really now am understanding and I think it's a good trait that my dad holds. I've always said that dad, once you get to know him, it's easier for him to go 100 miles an hour than it is to go like 20 miles an hour. And I think this comes from him just being so quick on his feet. If he hears something and he thinks it's good, he's going to hop all over it. And I think it's a good trait because it's made him so successful in where he's at today that he's not stumbling into the procrastination and the indecisiveness that, to be honest with you, I... I'm the most indecisive person. You can talk to my close friends. They will tell you I am so damn indecisive. You know, the biggest thing I'm indecisive about is where I want to go out to go eat. (laughs) Yes, I follow under that stereotype. You know why? Because I'm so passionate about food that I do not spend money on garbage food. I, I actually get pissed if I go somewhere and I buy a meal and it is like, and I'm like, Man, I should just stayed home. I could have cooked this at home or I would have had a better meal if I just sat my ass at home. <laughs> so, so I'm still learning that. I'm getting over it because it kind of goes back to the mindset of the scarcity versus the abundance. You know, if I am acting out of scarcity, I'm going to be indecisive because I'm thinking, okay, there's just this small reserve. There's just this small resource here and I'm not going to have this for a very long time. So I got to protect and I got to shelter this. But no, if I had the conversation with myself, hey, there's always going to be more opportunities. There's always going to be more dollars to be made. There's always going to be more trips to go on, more flights to catch, more concerts to go to. I'm going to act more out of the abundance and leading with it. So procrastination and indecisiveness, get it out. Get it out the door. Leave it at the door. Um, Dad would always say this too. You know, when I walk into the office, it's almost like there's a clothesline outside. So all the crap that's going on in your personal life. So this is what I'm saying. Put your procrastination and that indecisiveness and all the negative bull crap, put it out there on the clothesline. You're walking in and you're having a clear mindset today. Get into it. And today it's now, now is starting the business out hours, it's starting now. So now is definitely a big word too. The time is now. Do not wait. Do not just say, all right, Hannah, this is so great. I'm going to pick this back up tomorrow or I'm going to pick this back up over the weekend when I have the time. No, you got the time. You're just not making the time. So start creating the time for yourself to better yourself and to better your future. And I'm not just talking about policies. I'm not just talking about money in general. I'm talking about your health. Hey, you told yourself that you're going to be hopping on that treadmill three days a week? Why haven't you done it? And we're sitting here on Thursday. So you better get your ass up and you better go hop on that treadmill. Same thing I tell myself. I tell myself I want to ride my bike five times a week. So when it gets to Wednesday and I haven't rode my bike yet, I get stern with myself and I hold myself accountable. So start holding yourself accountable and creating those consistent habits. So most people just throw in the towel at the first sign of opposition. 
I really want you and I challenge you to keep going, keep going, keep pushing yourself. It's almost like a runner's high. Okay, so y'all, to be honest with you, I've never really been that type of person. I don't like cardio work. I'll just be real. I don't like running. <laughs> so, so I never understood like runner's high, but I get biker's high. And I kind of think it's the same thing. You know, you're pushing, you're pedaling. You're like, oh, this sucks. And I'm just looking all over. And then I get to this point where I'm like, ooh, this is easy. And you get this like energy wave through you. And you're like, ooh, this feels good. And you keep going, you keep going. And you're like, oh, I told myself I was going to turn into my neighborhood over there. I'm going to keep going. I can go out to the next neighborhood. Let's keep going. So, so, So even at that first sign of hardship or that hurdle, push through because I promise you there's always light at the end of the tunnel and with this I've been talking about accountability too I think there's strength in your community you need to find a community and you need to find that strength and that backbone there because I know this is life and you're gonna have tough tough days life sucks I would say life effing sucks, but I don't think I can say that here. So life sucks, man. I get it. I get it. But there's also positive things to life too. And when times are hard and when times are good, back up to your community and just share with them. I think it eliminates the human nature to want to retreat back when we have that community. It it eliminates the indecisiveness, the doubt the fear, it, the poverty, you know, the fear of the criticism, um, the fear of the ill health or the fear of just everything. So I think really having that backbone behind you is going to make a world of difference. I'll tell you this too. There's never going to be a time where it's going to be the most perfect time to start something. The stars aren't going to align The moon isn't going to be in the most perfect order. It's not going to be the most wonderful day. You just got to start taking the action. I was actually thinking about this to myself. I was thinking, okay, if I'm going to ride my bike three times a week, what if I didn't do it three times a week? What if I just did it one time a week? And if I did it one time a week, there's 52 days, or excuse me, 52 weeks in a year So I'm riding my bike 52 days out of a whole year. That's over, that's about a month and a half of me riding my bike, just straight consistently. That small progression that doesn't seem very big if I take it week by week, just one day, maybe going out and riding my bike for an hour, but it's a small progression. Then maybe next year I start doing two days, two days a week. Hopefully I'm doing two days before next next year (laughs) but but I just just that small habit or that small change is going to create the world of difference so what I'm saying is is that you don't have to get overwhelmed I will tell you I am one of those people that I will get overwhelmed so easily now I shouldn't say easily I just kind of I do it to myself honestly because I know I'm very in tuned with myself I know how to redirect my thoughts and understand what I'm feeling and then get it out but I will sometimes like if this just happened not too long ago I was looking at my calendar and I saw three folks on my calendar 
and I know, and they're just hard clients. I'll be real with y'all. They're just very hard clients. And I see them all there and I see them back to back and I just stare at it. And then I start shedding a little bit of tears because <laughs> my mind's just going. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just, I honestly don't really want to do this. And they're all back to back and this is going to be miserable. This is going to be awful. But these calls, they're not going to come up until another three days from now. So Hannah, why are you getting yourself so worked up and so overwhelmed? Take it one step at a time. So you are here right now. So now every day, let's take one person and let's write out what we're going to be covering in that meeting and that discussion. So when you walk in, you feel prepared, you feel ready and to be there to receive and support them on their questions that they want to ask you. So don't get overwhelmed. It's okay. Everything's going to get done. It's just like laundry. There's always going to be shit to do, but things are going to get done and there's going to be that freedom and the time to do the things that you desire if you make the time for it. So what I'm saying to the time is now you got to start. There's never going to be a perfect time. There's never a perfect time to buy your first house or to go to college or to have your first child. So the wealth train, y'all, it is moving down the tracks. The wealth train is moving down the tracks and it's going to keep moving down the tracks. And it's your job if you're going to be at the station and going to hop on or if, if it's going to keep going. So to tie this back around to the infinite banking concept, you are the best manager of your own money. I say that all day long, but you are the best manager of your own money and you are the only one that can control your mindset and how you protect and shelter what you have worked so hard for. But in order to do this, you need to have the correct mindset and continue that train of your consciousness and the subconsciousness with this mentality. So train your brain every single day. Y'all have heard this and this might sound a little cheesy to you, but have you ever heard the saying, hey, wake up and start your day with a statement of gratitude? If you just do that, you just totally have shifted the energy, the mentality within your brain and you're training your subconscious to not look at life half empty or looking at the half full glass. So now is your time to start train yourself, do the work. I can only do so much for you. It is your time to also take the ownership and take the responsibility and do the work as well. There's two types of pains in life. There's the pain of discipline and there's the pain of regret. The pain of discipline, I know it freaking sucks, but it's nice once you start seeing those results. The pain of regret, you're gonna be stuck where you're at for the rest of your life where you've been at for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So I choose the pain of discipline. I choose the pain of discipline. Actually, as I say that too, let me give you all another little tidbit that I've learned here recently. I, um, I was at a conference in Phoenix and we were out there. I was going to get up on stage and teach and there was another speaker and he was talking about, you know, you do, you really got to change even like the words that you use. It's not, I have to go pick up my kids at the school bus right now. I get to go pick up my kids at the school bus. 
It's not a half, it's a get. I get to go do this. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy my children because if they weren't here, that would suck. I like them being here. So I I have to stop looking at things as a chore and more so as a grateful perspective of, hey, I get to do this, changing it to I'm grateful and I'm blessed that I get to do this. Stand by. My cat is at my door wanting to come in. Say hi, Daisies. Look who decided to join us. He's so cute. Okay, Mama's busy. Mama's busy. <laughs> All right, back to our regular schedule programming. Oh, my gosh. And I'm wearing a black shirt today, and she's a white cat. I have a black cat, too. So I have my nighttime cat, and I have my daytime cat. <laughs> so... All right, why I wanted to talk about this money mindset is I want to talk about policy loans now. So policy loans, when I'm teaching you here about this infinite banking concept, right? Because this is what I do all day. I help folks obtain their policies, design it properly for this concept. And then once you have your policy, that's when my mapping and implementation team and myself, we step in and help you use the policy. That's a free service to you as being a Money Multiplier member. But when I'm talking with folks and I'm teaching the concept, I know when we think of loans, we think of policy loans almost in that traditional sense of like a bank loan. And when we think of loans, we think of them as a debt, a payment, an expense, a liability. But no, we got to change that mindset. Loans are assets to banks. So we are now our we are now our own banker. I've been struggling today on my <laughs> on my talking. But now that we are our own banker, we got to start having the mindset and the mentality of and thinking like a banker. So loans are assets to us. Actually, there was I talked about this not too long ago where Grant Cardone said something about how banks love him because he's like 180 million dollars in debt to them or something right because they they want that banks love pushing out their capital and having it out there working for them right banks are in the lending business they just lend out your dollars you the depositors money to you or to somebody else and they make that spread on those dollars so loans are assets to banks and we gotta start thinking about policy loans as an asset to us so when we don't pay back a policy loan, let's talk about this. If we don't pay back our policy loans, what happens? Well, what happens is at the end of the year, you get an annual statement from the insurance company and they're going to tell you, all right, here's how your policy performed this year. Here's your dividend. This is your loan outstanding. This is what you've taken out in loans. This is the interest that's charged on that loan. 
And so all I do at the end of the year is I pay that annual interest that's charged on my policy loan and I pay that back to the insurance company. And I pay it back to the insurance company because I'm using their money. Remember, when I went in and I took a loan for my policy, I am not touching my actual cash bucket. I'm putting my policy up for collateral and I'm taking a loan from the general funds of the insurance company. So that's why I'm paying them the loan interest and it does go back to them. To be honest with you, I love paying my loan interest because remember y'all, this is a mutual insurance company that we're working with. When we work with a mutually owned insurance company, we the policy holders, we share in the profits and the dividends of that company. So if I'm contributing to the profits of the company through the interest that I'm paying on my policy loans, it's just going to come back to me in a form of a dividend anyways. So everybody's so scared about these policy loans because they think they have to pay it back or or if they don't, they're going to get penalized in some way. So no, no, no. Now I will say absolutely make sure you pay back the interest on your policy loans because if you don't, number one, you're not being an honest banker with yourself. So that's a uh, something we got to talk about. But then number two, if you don't pay the loan interest, the insurance company is just going to deduct it out of your future cash value. So they're going to get that loan interest anyways. So just go ahead, pay it out of pocket and keep using your loan money. Now let's talk about this. Will you, we get penalized if I pay back my loan early? No, you don't. It's not like a bank right? This is why I say all the time, the policy in my eyes, just to make a cognitive like analogy, it is nothing more than just my savings vehicle. If I take money out and then I put money back in, well, now it's just showing up as that money as cash available back inside of my policy again. That's all it is. It's just my savings vehicle and where I'm warehousing the majority of my wealth. So no, I'm not going to get penalized if I pay it back early. And no, I'm not going to get penalized if I don't pay it back at all. I just want to make sure I'm paying my loan interest. Now, let's say we come to our graduation date now. Graduation date comes, and if you don't know what I mean by that, this is your death date, your passing date. And graduation date comes, and we have outstanding loans on the policy. What happens then? Well, we got the death benefit. There's always a death benefit on that policy, whether we like it or not. So death benefit is always going to be higher than the cash that's made available to us inside of the policy. So what will happen is, is that any outstanding loans will just get subtracted from the death benefit. And then the remaining portion now is going to get paid out to our beneficiaries. So insurance companies... That's why they literally do not care what you're using your policy loan money for. Actually, let's even talk about this. When you call up the insurance company and request a loan, they can never deny you that loan money because inside of that policy contract, it is written that the owner has first rights to any cash or equity inside of that policy, meaning that you get to use 
all of that money whenever you want for whatever you want. And so when you call up the insurance company and you request a loan, all they say is, all right, well, how much do you want or do you want the max that's available? And you'll say maybe the max that's available. Okay, do you want a paper check or do you want that directly deposited to you? I normally say direct deposit. Okay, Hannah, we'll get that over to you. You'll see it in about seven to 10 business days. Have a wonderful day. And that's the end of the conversation. It's not like you're going to a bank and you got to do like a prostate exam just to show that you're worth, that you're even eligible to be able to take out a loan. So it's very, very powerful. It's very powerful how these policies operate when you start to control your environment of where you're leaving your dollars and your wealth. So with that, I want you to really start implementing today this money mindset. I'm telling you, it's going to take you places. I also recommend you to look into those resources that I gave you, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, Money Hacks by Larry Steinhouse. Um, there's a lot of good resources. Uh, Who Not How, Dan Sullivan. So there's a lot of resources out there that you should invest time into yourself. Keep evolving. As Nelson says, do not hit that arrival syndrome. And until next time, I will see you. So thanks for tuning in in today's episode. Um, I'm going to ask you, do your dollars make sense? Give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, podcast, wherever you stream your podcast. And um, until next time, we'll see you then. Bye now. Bye.